TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge. For executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm your host, Susan Barangini Mo. My guest today is Kevin Cruz. Kevin is on a mission to make, over the next 10 years, 100 million leaders. What a goal. With that goal in mind, he founded LeadX, a next generation online learning company that offers free leadership training and professional development to everyone, everywhere, anytime. He also continues to make time to personally work with leaders around the world, including Marine Corps officers in the Pentagon, nonprofit leaders in Pakistan, and entrepreneurs in Kenya. His previous companies have won Inc. 500 and Best Place to Work Awards, and he's a New York Times bestselling author of six books, some of which we're going to talk about today. Kevin, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. So, Kevin, okay, you co-authored a book, How to Fire an Employee. We're jumping right into the meat. We're in the fire, in the fire. And, and so we're going to put all the links to all of your books in the show notes, by the way. But um, I've coached a few of my clients through the process of when an employee is not doing very well, sort of that pre-firing phase where they're kind of trying to understand why isn't this person operating up to standards? And it's like, okay, is it a leadership problem? Is it a capability problem? Where does the responsibility lie? Because they earnestly want to improve whatever the problem is. But I don't often hear them asking themselves about engagement, which is so important. And I know you've written books on that as well. So how do you recommend that leaders look at engagement when they're thinking, oh, this employee, is they, are they just not up to par? Is that something that should be a part of the conversation? Yeah, I think it's an important part of the conversation. And I think that, you know, the work that I've done more recently in leadership and engagement all the way to like, what's the, if, you know, how do you do a hard thing like fire someone, but how do you do it the right way? Mm -hmm. It's all because I was horrible at all that stuff for like the first 10 or 20 years of my career. And, you know, nowadays, uh, luckily I don't have to do it often, but if I have to let somebody go, I consider that completely my failure as the, as the boss. I mean, at the very least, I didn't do a good enough job screening them, you know, during the interview process. I shouldn't have brought them in possibly. And I also view it, and this sounds self-serving, but these days, uh, if I have to let somebody go, I don't really think of it as this awful thing I'm doing to them. It's sort of an awful thing I'm doing for them because if someone's going to be let go, like they know whether you've had the conversation, it's not working out and it doesn't feel good to be in a job that you're not thriving at. Um, mm -hmm. So I think going back to the broader point of your question though, I think all managers and leaders do need to start with, with themselves and say, okay, you know, how come this person isn't performing uh, to, to the level that I want? And as you probably point out to your clients, very often it's, expectations weren't set right to begin with. You know, so you often. never explained what good looks like. Or maybe you did, but you didn't give them the tools or the time or the training to be successful. Um, and, and then I think, unfortunately, we know from the Gallup research that about one third of people are totally engaged at work, but the other two thirds are not. Mm -hmm. And that's a leadership problem. And so I think most leaders don't realize that it really is on us to engage our team members. We need to be showing you how you can grow in your job and in your career. We need to be expressing appreciation for all that you do. And we also need to be painting like a bright picture of the future. It's kind of like future trust, a future vision. And so even if you've done a lot of that other management stuff right, but you're not doing the engagement stuff, you're, you can have a disengaged and unmotivated team member who 
because they're disengaged, they're not performing to that right level. But most of that engagement lies on you as the boss to create that environment. It's not on, on the individual employee. So as much as possible, do that soul searching and realize how much of this do I really need to own? That's fair. I know a lot of people who would say, you sound convinced. Well, no, I, no, I am convinced, <laughs> but, but I want to give you an opportunity here because I know a lot of people, including some of my you know, previous guests would probably say, okay, yes, about the leadership, but what about personal responsibility? This is not a question. Right. This is just a statement I'm allowing you to, to I'm not keep in the I'm two not keeping questions. track, but you've been <laughs> one already, but I'm just saying. No, no, we're only on one. This is a yes, sub yes. point that you're allowed to respond to. Right. Gosh, it's hard to stick to this format. But, um, but, I, but, but I have a lot of guests that have been on the show that talk about personal responsibility. And so I wonder from that perspective, could you talk a little bit or... I Kevin, will react. Talk a little bit of, yes, people. I'm about yeah. to say something. You react to it. See, we're <laughs> negotiating. This is good. That, that counterpoint. <laughs> yes. So what about the employee's personal responsibility to do a good job as an employee, no matter what the context? Yes, I, 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 I absolutely agree with that sentiment. And again, first of all, as the, uh, as the leader who's bringing someone into the organization, I like to hire for talent and and personality more than experience and skills so i want people that you know have high drive and high emotional intelligence and things like that and if they don't have that kind of stuff again shame on me that i brought them in without it but i think it does start by hiring the right kind of person but even beyond that there, there's not a lot of research on this point but i do know of one study looking specifically at employee engagement how we feel connected to our work or not. And it was um, just over half of the, the, the correlation, the variance in that has to do with external factors, our boss, our company. About 40% was intri intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. And the, the analogy is, is kind of like in the mental health field. Like there are things we can do to, you know, be happier on any given day. And yet most of us are kind of we have a certain set point. Some people are born yeah. and they're just kind of lower. You know, there's a genetic component. Others seem to be naturally high and bubbly and happy. <laughs> so engagement's the same way. I mean, I think team members, they come in at a certain set point and then it's like 60% on the company and 40% on that employee to try to maximize uh, that engagement. And, and, you know, that's certainly the way I've lived my own life. Like when I've had bosses, it's, I never got better by saying it's their fault or how right. come this isn't perfect or I don't have this, I don't have that. I think that's really one of the secrets of life is like, how can we be successful? How can we be happy in an imperfect world? Because you know what? We live in an imperfect world. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I do think that there are some things that companies do that directly thwart an employee's productivity, progress, ability to do a good job, even if they really want to. And, and so that's why I wanted to kind of poke around in there a little bit. Yeah, but and I'll just add one more thing. You know, there's another um, engagement consultant out there who said to me, he says, Kevin, he said, does anybody show up on their first day at work not excited to start a new job, not looking <laughs> forward to the future, expecting, you know, an exciting career? He says, everybody shows up engaged, so it is more the company than the yeah. individual that like just 
you know, knocks it out of them day by day, week yeah. by week. So I thought that was an interesting perspective. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. We're going to jump topics a little bit because there's another one of your recent books that caught my eye, which was text me, snap me, ask me anything. And there's this theme running through the book, which is accessibility. And you sort of talk about these incredibly successful people who are completely inaccessible <laughs> and example after example of incredibly successful people who are very accessible. And I think it's a popular myth that you look more successful the more inaccessible you are. Right. And you argue differently and, and you've created a really interesting system for being intimately accessible. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And, and again, for context, you know, the question, um, like, look, there's a lot of way more successful author, speaker, entrepreneurs out there who have bigger audiences than I do. Um, but, but I've been able to, to, you know, have a, a really good income and passive income and everything from, you know, the, the platform, the brand, whatever it is that I have. So the question I get probably more uh, than any other from people it has nothing to do with leadership and productivity. They just say, how do you do what you do? Like, how do you sell so many books? How do you sell courses? How do you get invited to talk? And I think they, they think that there's some, um, magic. some magic, right? <laughs> and for me, now there's more than one way to do anything. But for me, it's just that it was natural from the start that I tried to, uh, answer every question that came my way. And I think people were, I always get like an email in, cause I put my email in the back of my books. I put my email on the websites. I say it, you know, out loud on these shows, all this kind of stuff. And people will email and they'll say, hello, Kevin, or your virtual assistant in another country <laughs> far away. <laughs> you know, they're so accusatory, right? Right, and, right. Um, so then I'm like, I've usually open up like with a LOL. No, it's really me <laughs> sitting here on my couch watching Netflix, whatever it is. Um, and I just didn't know another way. And then I realized that that was kind of different and not a lot of people did it that way. And so then I doubled down on it. And so mm -hmm. almost every consultant guru speaker out there, you know, they've got an email newsletter. And the standard thing is you go to a website, sign up for our newsletter, you put your email in and you get some generic email back. That's like, Hey, you know, add this email to your white list and we're going to send you a message once Absolutely. a week. Absolutely. And that's fine. But what I did was I said, okay, I will use my very first contact, this auto response message when someone signs up to say, Hey, I answer all my, e read and answer all my emails. Yes. Shoot me a note. What are you working on these days? Even if it's outside my area, I'm just curious. And all of a sudden that has invited, I mean, every day it's five, 10, 20, 25 on a good day, emails that people have signed up for my list. I'm like, well, he said I could email them. And then they do. And then, you know, sometimes I write back one line. Sometimes I write back paragraphs. Sometimes I will record a video answer to one of their uh, questions or I'll answer their question on my podcast or in a video. And, you know, when you're, when you're making that individual connection with, look, if it's one person a day, you've got 365 raving fans in one year. You know, if it's 10 people, well, you got 4,000 raving fans almost after just one year. I've been doing it for a few years. You know, it starts to add up. And so, you know, to me, I'm not perfect. Like I was just finishing up a book deadline literally a week ago and I was behind schedule. And so for the first time in almost a decade, I know I what's coming out of office email <laughs> message on, but I was honest. I'm like, Hey, I'm on a book deadline and I'm staying off email for a little while. Sorry about that. 
Mm -hmm. So everybody that I'll get back to them, but I just wanted to let them know, like, if it takes me a month to get back to you, you're going to understand why I'm on this book deadline. It's not like I just conned you into sending an email to outer space or the black right. hole. I'm here, right. I'm busy, but I will get back to you. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, I think that um, it's, I've had a couple of guests on the show who I've talked with them about this kind of thing, mostly before the show starts or afterward. And they've said, why wouldn't I do a show like this? Why wouldn't I respond right. to emails? And, you know, they've been, you know, they've been on my shows for years. We've been sort of friends for years. Right. And, and it's just a really nice thing to know that um, everybody who's successful isn't always inaccessible. And some of the people who are inaccessible are doing it just as a way to look more successful. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I think that, it, you know, they're, they're, whether they believe it or they just want to believe it, this whole idea of like the velvet rope, you need to put mm -hmm. like the, the red carpet and a bouncer to get access to you because then everyone's like, oh, you know, Ooh. it's hard to, <laughs> when they do get access, they're, they're blown away. But, but it's, it's not true. Again, like I, yeah. I've shown that, you know, I can respond to all kinds of people and, and manage it and it's positive. I was interviewing Dan Pink. Dan Pink is like, Major. more successful <laughs> than I am, huge bestsellers. He puts his email in all the books. And when I interviewed him, he said, yeah, you know, they, they, they point out typos. They give me ideas. He said the idea for his next book came from a question, you know, from a reader. Amazing. Um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk is sort of famous as being the guy who will at least respond with a one or two word thing on all mm -hmm. the social media uh, channels. Now, and, and Vaynerchuk now, I mean, it's, it's, you know, he's got 800 people in VaynerMedia. It's over a hundred million dollar a year yeah. company. And you know, the, the other thing though, that I get people who, I don't know, I don't know if they're haters or just deniers, or whatever they'll say, well, yeah, it's easy for billionaires and all these CEOs because they got a million assistants and they got a million people running the business. You never get less busy as your employees multiply, yeah. as, your, as your empire. You know, everybody's got the same amount or more problems. It doesn't get easier. So it's really just what kind of life do you want to lead? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your, with your fan base? And, and what amazed me when I was doing research for that book is like, I'll answer a stranger. I'll answer anybody. And yet there are so many people out there that I've given thousands of dollars to, you know, for their <laughs> courses, their right. events. I'm a freaking customer and they won't respond to my email. It's like, Amazing. really? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, and I think when you become that person, you miss out on so much because I think, well, as viewers, you may not know this, but I was recently on Kevin's show. I don't know if it's aired yet by the time this goes live, but there's some crossover somewhere. And when I was on your show, I think I mentioned that I have had some emails come from Malaysia and India and young kids who are reading my book. And it's really cool to get those. I mean, they message me on Facebook and of course that's me responding. Um, and they ask me, you know, what advice could you give me? What should I do? And I'm like, you should stay in school. You should study. Right, right, <laughs> and right. I love that. I, I mean, and I love that I get questions from older viewer readers and people who, you know, maybe have a, a doubt or a question about something they're trying from the book. And, and so I think that's stuff that you would miss otherwise. And why would you want to miss that? Yeah. And, and I, um, I mean, this is kind of a, a personal story, but I've told it. I, uh, before, I keep right. I just reached over and I pulled I know what off this is. the the bio, the the uh, well the the death notes the obituary mm -hmm. of Gussie Lejeune Criddle. I don't think the, the, it's going to show up very good. It right? does. It's showing off, up really well. Yeah. Pulled off the internet. 
Yeah. And my quick Gussie story is I get this email randomly several years ago and you know, she basically just said like, I'm stuck. I'm I don't, stuck. I need to know how to be successful. And the name Gussie, Gussie Criddle, Gussie Legion, like it was a kind of a foreign sounding name and it was such a stark short email. I almost deleted it. And you know, honestly, I was a little suspicious of it because sometimes you get conned, like someone's going to oh, yeah. ask for money or the charity or whatever it is, or they're, I don't know, you know, I'm a little suspicious. So I almost deleted it. like, what, what is this? I'm going to delete it. Then I paused and then uh, I just replied back. I'm like, well, when you say you're stuck, what do you mean? When you say you want to be successful, successful at what? And she actually responded right away. And she told me that <laughs> she lost her voice uh, to cancer years ago. She had a disabled daughter. Uh, she she's running out of money and she was saying, how do I make money? How do I take care of my daughter? Very mm. heartfelt. heartfelt. And yeah. honestly, I still was a little like suspicious. Like, could this be some Nigerian scam that they're going <laughs> to try to befriend me or something? Like, I, that was on my mind. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll answer. And I sent this message about the good news. It's bet, you know, best time in the world to be an entrepreneur. You can make money from your home, whether it's Etsy or eBay or Shopify. I, you know, I, sent a pretty long message back. It was, I read it in your book. It was you a long, it. thorough message. It was and, thorough. And I never heard back from her. And I think for a while, a long time, like I wouldn't think about her a lot, but every now and then I would think like, was it a scam? Was it a con? Or was she rude? Like she didn't even respond like, thank you. Or okay, I'll try Like mm -hmm. whatever. And then out of the blue, I mean, it was a long time afterwards. I get an email and it's opens up and says, Kevin, I don't know if you're going to remember, but you emailed my mother, Gussie Lejeune Criddle. And she explained that um, her mom passed away shortly after that email exchange. Mm. And she said, you know, my mom was never able to, she got sick again, was never able to implement your advice, but I want to let you know that you gave her hope. And I mean, I just started crying reading this. You know, like, I'm going <laughs> to choke up now, but like that moment getting, and, and I tried to then, I, I replied to that email tried to build a relationship with the daughter and she never emailed back. So I don't know where she is or what she's doing. I have no way to help them. And, um, but it meant to me that like before that, this was in recent years. So, I mean, I've really changed a little just in the last few years. I was always about like the actionable advice. You could even see mm -hmm. it in like the time book and all that. It wasn't so much about motivation and all that. And I realized like, you know what? Like hope counts as much as the advice because without yeah. hope, we don't take action. Yeah. Right? We think it's hopeless. We don't do anything. And I, the, the reason why I, I keep the obituary on, I, I read it every morning as I sit down at my desk to remind me, like, to just assume that everybody is asking for great reasons and sincere. If I ever get cheated or lied to or whatever, oh, well, that's just a small price to pay for living the, the right way. And it's a reminder that, like, even if you aren't giving direct help or advice, if you can give somebody hope, you know, for a brighter future, that's worth just as much. And yeah. that Gussie Lejeune Criddle incident made me even more passionate about making sure I answer everybody's question, everybody's question. Even if like, cause like you said, let's face it, we get a lot of questions from people around the world. They're never going to buy one of our books or courses or hire us to do a keynote speech or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. And that, Gussie story just you know really brought it like this is what life is about it's all about making an impact not making yeah. income and the more you help people the more you're going to do well yourself anyway 
Well, and I always think that, um, and especially when these young kids, um, when, you know, when your book is translated and you don't really know what happens, you get that one little fee and then it's <laughs> off in the you know, country and you never hear about it again. You get maybe one copy that looks cool because it's in a foreign language. Right. But, but, um, but when you hear from those readers and, and getting those emails, I always say to the, the young people that email me who have read my book and ask me for advice, I am going to give you advice, but all I ask in return is that you, when you are successful, pay it forward and give someone else a hand up right. when, when they're looking for it. And so I think um, that's another opportunity missed because I'm not looking for that person to hire me for anything, right? But you don't know what your impact is and, and you never really know. And, and, you know, we sort of cast these, you know, little paper boats out on the ocean or whatever, and we never know what happens with them. But at some point, maybe they, you know, become big ships. So, so right. that's, that's great. And um, so, yeah, I think you're, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you opened up the, the bio, like, you know, I, I want to catalyze 100 million leaders around the world. And part of that is letting everybody know, like, you're a leader, whether you want to be or not, because leadership is yeah. influence. So even if you're not trying to influence the people around you, you are, you influence when you speak up, you also influence people when you are a bystander and you stay silent. Yeah. And so um, I can't reach 100 million people myself. But to your point, if I can reach a certain number of people who are then going to share information and help others and realize, oh, I am also influencing the way Kevin influenced me, that's how this change happens. So it's, it's good stuff. It's so true. It's so true. Well, we could talk about this all day, <laughs> good, good. but it's supposed to be a sort of short show. So two questions. Yeah. Two questions. You notice I didn't ask you any more questions. I know I was monitoring. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been wonderful. Oh, it's been fun. Thanks a lot. All right, viewers, if you enjoyed this interview and you found it informative and engaging, be sure to subscribe for more interviews just like this to make your life and your business more successful. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.